Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we're going to talk about scap work in kids, instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization, and overactive upper trapezius. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're here to answer your questions. Uh, we're having a bunch. Uh, I got the crew at Champion PT and Performance here, Lenny Macrina. Dave Tilly. You forget my name. The Dave Tilly. <laughs> I was kind of waiting for like Lenny to say hi. To the, Dave Tilly. The, the, the Dave Tilly. Yeah. Kiefer Lammy in the house. And no one, no other than Sir Nixalot. I just want to get it. I Shut love that that's stuck. Like I love that that's stuck. That, stuck. that was fantastic. Did you come up with that? Yeah, I'm proud that of was that. good. The Nickinator didn't work as well as, yeah. as Gabe. So what's up, Gabe? But uh, no, Sir Nixalot is here. I'm uh, going to ask us some good questions here. So Nick, what do we got, buddy? All right. Chris from Savannah. He's an athletic trainer, high school athletic trainer. Sometimes he gets a kid with significant lack of scapular control that cannot even begin to do prone-wise. What are some exercises we would recommend for introducing scapular control? Ideally, that can be implemented as part of a home exercise program. All right. Prone-wise, right? So it's funny. So Lenny and I, we just finished up a study here at Champion where we were looking at the strength and range of motion of some of our youth baseball players that we have here. And, and I will say, you know, we've looked at thousands of people's strength, um, you know, all the way up to freaking Cy Young winners, right? Um, I was shocked at how weak some of these these kids are um so i totally agree that the the youth um definitely i don't know if it's that as they're going through growth spurts or what but they definitely have some weakness um of their scap control i mean it's 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 pretty common so i i guess i'd say it's it this is pretty common so don't feel like it's common and then i just need to know how you're saying they have poor scapular control because i think that's Still ill-defined and controversial. We see somebody who's, you know, at rest, and you see them winging, and then they get up into a throwing position or some kind of functional position, and then that winging magically goes away, and you're like, huh, is it an issue? Is it it's not true. an issue? So we got to figure out what exactly good and bad scapular control is. Uh, functionally, you know, we do assess them on a table and do, like, manual muscle testing, and, yeah, they're weak on the, on the table manual muscle testing. Well, yeah, we put them in a, a poor position to try to assess that long lever on position, we're going to dominate them anyway, especially a 13, 14-year-old boy. So I think we need to still define what poor scapular control is. And like we said earlier, joking around, I have them do prone Ys or Ts, and maybe we got to modify the exercise a little, maybe change the position of the lever arm or change the weight, obviously. But I think we still got to put them in that position and get them to exercise in that position. Yeah. And then, you know, you're not going to hurt them. But I think getting them on a good program is the key in just getting them to exercise and to, and to realize that they're weak. And I, th- I think that's it. I just think you got to do the prone just dumbbell do exercise. Yeah. They just they just need to develop that strength. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's anything more. 
rocket science and that. Just perhaps we're loading it too much if they're struggling with right. it. If they're struggling with it, then they're just they're just not doing it well. Right. So, but all right, Nick, what do we got? All right, Dylan from Oxford, Ohio asked, "What is the best way to incorporate iastm?" I-A-S-T-M, into your rehab. Instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization. I, I asked him what. What was the question? <laughs> what is the best way to incorporate instrument-assisted assisted soft, soft tissue, tissue mobilization? Into your rehab. Should we call that I-STEM? I wanted to call it I-STEM, I-STEM. but there's an A in there. Yeah. yeah. E-STEM. I like eye stem. That's yeah. kind of got a cool instrument assisted. Yeah, yeah I guess instruments. What's the best way to incorporate? Well, I mean, we all we all do it, right? I mean, uh, incorporate it, right? So uh, we talk about this a bunch on. Uh, um, <laughs> that's a good answer. <laughs> Next question. Yeah, that, that's it. Uh, just do it. Um, we talk about Urson Religioso and I have our program instrument. Uh, uh, it's iastmtechnique.com where we we show you how we integrate it. Um, it it's a to, to us, it's a part of our manual therapy. It's not the only thing we do. Um, it's just it's one of the things we do. Um, and I usually start with it and then get in deeper with my hands. But I usually start with that, maybe reduce some tone or whatever, but kind of start that area with the instrument assisted and then get a little deeper with my hands. So I, I don't know if that's what you're you're referring to, I think, in the question, but I would incorporate it that way where I would do it um, you know, prior to my manual therapy techniques. I, I usually don't do it in isolation, but what do you yeah, think? I think well good. said, yeah. Perfect. All right, Nick, knock it out. Finally, Will from Virginia said, during during the second podcast, Lenny was doing some treatment with one of his patients, specifically manual resisted external rotation and forward punches. I was wondering if you and Lenny could possibly discuss and or demonstrate these exercises again. Right. I remember why I picked this question now, too. Uh, <laughs> the answer is no, because this is a podcast. Right. But go to my inner circle. And, and <laughs> there it is. I, I, it was. It's unintentional, but there like you know, in all honesty, we. If if you're looking for some detailed techniques on how we do stuff, we got a bunch of DVDs, websites, and products, but not really a good one for the po- podcast. But uh, you know, Inner Circle, we get a bunch of these webinars on these types of things. But you know, check those things out. I think there's one more on there, Nick. Oh wow, Nick. Is, oh, we got it. I'm good. Nick is not prepared. Jacqueline from uh, Missouri. Any tips for dealing with an overactive upper trap when doing passive or active assisted range of motion with patients post shoulder injury or or surgery? All right, so shoulder patient, you're doing range of motion and their upper trap is kicking in. Who wants this one? Yeah, I mean, ISTM, prone wide. Yeah, I mean, it's just, we see that a lot post rotator cuff repair, post surgery uh, for the shoulder, or even just in general. We see it a lot in. Uh, weightlifters who are doing powerlifting, a lot of pulling type movements where they recruit the upper traps a lot and you see the tone in there and some people say that's a good thing, that the, recruiting the upper traps is good. I'm not on that, I'm not in that boat. I think recruiting the upper traps a lot, they get too much tone, leads to headaches potentially, um, it leads to compensation where they think they're getting overhead where they need to be and they start recruiting the upper traps. So for me, I'm using instrument assisted, I'm using dry needling. In Massachusetts, we can do that. Uh, so a lot of dry needling. People see quick results when I do needling, and I know it's controversial in the Twitter sphere, in the social media world. But to me, needling that upper trap, they get immediate uh, release of the tone, and they can feel it pretty quickly. They can see that they're relaxed, and other tensions go away. So, and then adding in uh, exercise for recruiting lower traps, mid traps, offset the. Yeah, I think balance is the key, right? You know, being able to have a balance to allow this gap to move pretty well. But self-soft tissue work is very easy 
bend over, you know, nice and light, top of a softball on the top of your trap. Especially, I see a lot of lifters as well, and they're like very jacked up from so much shrugging. So you got to maintain that. You can't let it get too far gone that you have this very dominant trap. Yeah, and I, I would say early in my career, I didn't do a lot of hands-on soft tissue. I know Lenny didn't either. You're, you're my student. We couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike wouldn't let me know. I, I screwed that up. <laughs> just so busy, the volume, we just had didn't have time. We didn't do a lot of hands-on work there, but I would say um, incorporating soft tissue work to things other than the shoulder, like the upper trap during a shoulder injury, is pretty effective. Remember, these people are probably walking around like in the shrug position, protecting their arm, like self-mobilizing their arm. Um, that's probably the real issue. So we got to get them to do some relaxation things, some deep breaths, maybe some pendulums, do some soft tissue up there, and really to get them to, to not be in that self-guarded position. Now, in the post-surgical person who is this and recruiting up a traps, so you got to put them in positions where they're not, where gravity is not pulling their arm down. I like sideline uh, flexion, so they're in the sideline position and. They can do this long lever arm movement, but they're not recruiting upper traps as much. And then I'll even add weight to that position as well. One or two pound weights in the sideline position. They're like, wow, I can get my arm overhead. Usually that can translate into maybe standing active range of motion over a period of time. If you can get them this motion resisted, you know, you can get them to raise overhead quicker than you think. Yeah, so it's a little easier without gravity or something. Right. So they're not compensating. Right. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Awesome. All right. Well, good episode. Thanks, guys. Um, appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us on another one. Um, ask us your questions, MikeReynolds.com. Click on the link for the podcast, and, um, and we'll see you on the next one. So thanks so much for joining us. Boom. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.